dirty ape. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uh, Thank Grod It's a Friday podcast. We have TGIF. what would be a Dark Crisis special show here, a little specialty show. We have two Dark Crisis tie-in books here for the Thank Grod It's Friday. Are you very thankful to Grod for this Friday, Eric? Are you happy that we have two Dark Crisis books? Are you just happy that the new Black Pink video came out? I'm sure you're happy for both. There's too many choices now. As what can I be happy for? Pink dominates the world right now with all of them the views and Twitter, that's for sure. Holy moly. Now, most of the time this today, I was arguing with people about Jeff Johns. So that kind of took up that place. Uh, and with that, even, I don't know if you saw that the solicits came out today. I did and see that. there were a bunch of things that were announced. And I think a lot of stuff that one Eric Shea is going to be very, very happy about. We get a bunch of new books from Jeff Johns, the JSA book that people have been yelling for for a while. For over a decade. <laughs> yeah, stuff that we knew were going to come out. We knew that there was eventually going to be a Stargirl book. But we thought that was going to be more tied in, I think, too. The JSA, that seems or desperate. Or the Seven but, Soldiers of Victory. Yeah, and I think that'll still be in her book, but that's kind of exciting. But then out of nowhere, when I read the solicits, I'm like, wait a second. I hear all this stuff, but has anybody got a hold of Eric to tell him that there's a Blue Beetle miniseries coming out? Holy well, moly. Graduation Day was announced a while ago. Yeah, now I thought it was just a one-shot, but it is a long-running. It's a miniseries. And when I read the uh, solicit... One of them long-running miniseries. Yeah, well, it seems like the idea that most people were surprised about it, that it is a miniseries. And it, it talks about the reach and all that stuff, all the stuff that you know Thank and love. Thank God it talks about the reach, because if we go back to the last Blue Beetle series that we had, it's just like... Getting rid of all that alien stuff. All of a sudden, it's all magic all the time until the last few issues. Then I start talking about alien stuff again. I'm like, this this series never knew what it wants to be. So that's why it was canceled pretty quickly. Right away, though, it mentions in the, the solicit the reach and all this stuff. Because the reach stuff was about- so cool. Even when you had the, the new 52 happening, when you had the Blue Beetle book get canceled, and then he had like one issue of the Just League International annual that canceled that book out. Then you had Jaime go off to that other like book that we can never remember the title of. That was that weird alien series. The idea of that, like, you know, Threshold, that's what it was, where he's off there in a weird alien running man scenario, but you had a Green Lantern out there, and the idea that you played with going into that was the idea that the Reach and the Green Lantern's mortal enemy, so you had the Scarab, it just took over, like, you know, Jaime, because if there's a Green Lantern around, the Scarab goes crazy trying to defend itself, and I'm like, I love that dynamic, and then like, all right, we're done with that, we're never going to talk about it again, goodbye, Jaime Reyes, and for the most part, goodbye, Kyle Rayner. Yeah, and so when that was, and and screw it, Eric. I know that we have uh, we go bananas here. Whoa, new, whoa, news. I'm going to read the solicit so to you. Much. I'm going to read the solicit to you so we can see if you actually like it. Plus, the stuff about the Jeff Johns, you even have this idea of the new golden age. It's kind of his little imprint. It feels like they're getting back to the generation. Well, you have idea. to do something with the new golden age because you brought the golden age back with the doomsday clock with Manhattan moving the like the lantern f- towards Alan Scott. So we had that whole thing where, okay, look, the, the JSA, they were around. Time has fixed itself. And since the JSA were around, Superboy was around. Clark Kent was Superboy back in the day, which gave us the Legion of Superheroes back for that time. It didn't matter because Bendis messed it up. But the idea of what we've had going forward and where the JSA were taken out of timeline, then put back in timeline, we've never dealt with that. So the new golden age in my mind is to try to ramp, like, as far as I know, and that, what, think and that's about, what it seems was the idea of how we're going to wrap around all the history that we have into this, you know, post new 52 world where they were exiled for so long and then brought back in with no fanfare. 
Yeah, and it feels like this is like a separate little pocket dimension here that Jeff Johns is going to be able to do things on his own. And again, a lot of people were clapping back at it because they don't like Jeff Johns. Most of the people not actually reading comics, just people in the movie deal. Well, it says that it's kind of his own little deal. I'll read that. It says the new golden age. And then we'll just go through a couple of these solicits real quick. New Golden Age, number one, written by Jeff Johns, art by Steve Lieber, Jerry Ordway, and Diego Ortelatuegua, covered by Michael Janine. Uh, it's from the Justice Society of America, the Legion of Superheroes. New Golden Age will unlock DC's epic and secret-written history of heroism, launching a new group of titles set firmly in the DC universe. From okay, the so 1940s it's, it's from the 1940s to the 3040s, uh-huh. uh, heroes take on the great evils of their time, but in the aftermath of Flashpoint Beyond, those heroes and villains will have lives turned upside down. DC's future and its past will never be the same again. Dude, but this how- just really does doesn't feel like its own pocket. It feels like it's a DC continuity. Like I just said, the idea of dealing with the ramifications of them being brought back with you know Doctor well, Manhattan from say, the Doomsday I don't Clock. know, but it, it, with what we get out of uh, you know Dark Crisis, we'll see how everything plays out. But how are Mime and Marionette connected to this? Why are Rip Hunter and Doomsday the Time Clock. Masters <sighs> the most unlikable heroes in the DC universe? And who or what is nostalgia? Nostalgia is Osmodeus's free Osmodeus's stuff. And they were playing with that before as well. So you have that, but then you have Justice Society of America number one, again, written by Jeff Johns, art and covered by Michael Janine. And this says the JSA returns in this monthly series by writer Jeff Johns and artist Michael Janine with Justice Society of America, the new golden age part one. World's first and greatest superheroes return, or do they? A long lost hero from the JSA crashes into our era with a grave warning. But it's too late. A mysterious and malevolent enemy has invaded the entire history of the JSA, and an all-new team must come together to defeat it. But what deadly secret does this messenger from beyond keep? Where are they from and why all of this is happening now? Only the Time Masters know. Please don't make it a command. Judy Garrick. Is what I say. No command allowed. And that's the book that ends up having a cover with Huntress on the cover, almost like thinking back at the JSA. It kind of looks at the beginning there. It feels like a new beginning for the, in my mind, because that looks like a Helena Bertinelli hunch instead of a Helena yeah, Wayne. Yeah, it does. But I'm saying it's almost like she's like, back then there was all these guys and you end up having things broken and the kind of the deal in the back. But we'll have to see. Then you have Stargirl, The Lost Children, number one, written by Jeff John with art and cover by Todd Mayock. And that says, an epic teenage DC hero event brought to you by Teen Titans writer Jeff John's and iconic Young Justice illustrator Todd Mayock. When Stargirl, the Justice Society, and Green Arrow's ally Red Arrow discover a tragic teenage hero from the past has gone missing, they set out to find him, only to discover he's not the first teenage hero of the Golden Age to have vanished without a trace. Oh, you know what? That's the thing is that seems like it's going to be the tie into that Judy Garrick thing then because of what we dealt with in Seven Soldiers of Victory. And who are they and what does the childminder, which I don't know, some people have called Eric, but he told him not to, want with them. The childminder, Eric. Maybe, but that that's pretty cool. I mean, those are exciting things in in a point. Yeah, really. In a point where, you know, people are kind of bored with some of these things and want something different and people are enjoying. I mean, we're enjoying the uh, Flashpoint Beyond. So these kind of spawn out of that a bit. Most well, of the things for these would for be everything that Hunter. got set up in Doomsday Clock and that Stargirl Spring Break special and stuff like that. And the and Batman Beyond uh, the Flashpoint Beyond. The cover looks very classic. You know, Young Justice looks very cool with that. Now, the last one that I'll read is the Blue Beetle. It's really what I was only going to read, but I figured we'd just throw that in. We've never really done this. But the Blue Beetle graduation day number one, written by Josh Trahilio and art and cover by Adrian Gutierrez. And it says Jaime Reyes has a lot to juggle, whether it's his finals for senior year, a new villain tearing up El Paso. Jaime is always torn between two worlds. 
But when his world comes crashing together as his high school graduation, nothing will ever be the same. A message from The Reach, from Barge Jamie's or Jaime Scabbard. I don't know why I said that. Taji Da. And it starts throwing off his connection to the device. And if it wasn't enough, Jaime's parents and friends are pressuring him about his next steps in life. But what's hidden here on Earth that's drawing the reach back? And where did this new fadeaway man come from? Can Jaime find balance in his life and rise to become a true hero? Or is it Quentin's for the Blue Beetle? I just like the idea they mentioned the reach because that is something that as a Blue Beetle fan, you have been kind of you know wondering about and the idea where when you I do just get something new announced you never know this time because before it's just like like a backpack that just sits there and you have no interaction I'm like you need that because it's a great way to play off what's going on in the story i mean even if the backpack ends up becoming chewbacca it's even okay for me i just you know you need something to bounce it back that's why most books end up having sidekicks at least or side characters that, that they end up talking to so that and and really when i was going through these solicits i went through them quick before we started it was early when they came out not many things in it actually like got me upset i liked a lot of what was going on a lot of the individual books seemed pretty cool uh and in this november solicits you end up also having a annuals week so i'm like oh we get another one of them and all that stuff so i i think there's some stuff that might be Pretty cool coming down the line in a week where even on YouTube, I got in a fight with a guy who just kept like out of nowhere, anything that I post up there, any sort of DC thing on our YouTube channel, the guy will just pop in and say, DC sucks or DC blows. And you guys are idiots for talking about it. And I just said at one point, there's some good books. I mean, yeah, it's been some tough times, but things are getting better. It seems. And the guy's like, you're out of you know touch. You're on drugs. I'm like, well, neither maybe out of touch, but I'm not on drugs. Say no to drugs. I told him he didn't listen, but we're here to talk some books. And I don't know if any of these are the ones that people would say are the greatest, though. We have been liking the flash. These are both dark crisis tie-ins. And overall, I saw a lot of people saying that Oh, man, these Dark Crisis tie-ins, they're no good. Nah, they're really throwing me off. I don't think a lot of people are thinking of Flash. You know, these Dark Crisis tie-ins, they're no good. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> and when right. I say to them Flash, they say, oh, yeah, I forgot that was a Dark Crisis tie-in. Because it's just continuing no, the series like the way they as just, like, a come tie-in. Out and like, you know, these things are no good. That's what, you know, well, they say it worse than that. I was trying to keep it on the, you know, on the up and up. But, yeah, if you go on, one of the biggest complaints when people were complaining about the whole dark crisis it seems now has turned to these tie-ins that the tie-ins aren't very good that means the whole thing isn't a solid event all that stuff you know tied in with everything else thing but i think they forget that the flash is actually part of it because it just kind of like i said it just continues to run it just happens to be now tying into i just want to know what the idea that these these tie-ins are talking about that aren't any good because you have these weird cash grabs for the worlds without a justice league where we see some bullshit about and the dark crisis uh, Crisis tie-in here i can't say that this is much worse than we have going on with the flash because i still enjoy the flash with the characters they're using but mostly that book is filler to get to the barry allen parts for dark crisis number four but again, I'm saying they're not even putting that in and they're, they're just talking about the Young Justice one and that Tom King and then that last one from Phil Kenny Johnson, that Green Lantern one, that people are just saying they're really falling flat. I thought everybody loved that, but me. No, no, it doesn't seem like it's very well liked. Uh, people are confused about those. They don't even realize or, you know, I don't even know half of the things that are going on in that. But we'll start with Dark Crisis Young Justice number three. Written by Megan Fitzmartin, art by Laura Braga, Luis Guerrero, and Pep Rousseau. 
We're halfway through now after this issue. And I think that Megan Fitzmartin better put the gas on. She better hit the gas pedal and start going but not too fast. Because, we still got three issues. <laughs> well, I mean, she should have started already with what the big story is. I think she's bearing the lead in this. And even what I'm going to say about it is kind of us guessing because of the big play that the, the evilness behind this seems to be Mixelplick Jr., which you still haven't really introduced. We know yeah. that because we saw his face reflected in the Young Justice mobile and also in solicits and people have done. So when you get three issues in and you're playing a game where things aren't quite right, things are a little off, but you're a writer that most people aren't really familiar with. You've only really written at DC the stuff with Tim Drake and Urban Legends leading into this. And so when that is, I get that feeling of is she playing a game that we're going to get revealed later that some of this stuff actually makes more sense than we think because a lot of people are saying, oh, she doesn't get the Young Justice continuity. She doesn't understand it. She doesn't know the characters. Or is it that she doesn't know the characters and when we get this revealed? Because the, the characters themselves feel off in a book that they shouldn't. They should be the solid. The world around them is the thing that should not feel right. But there's just weird plays in this that I well, think that a lot of right things. feels right to me in my mind is Bart Allen Bart. here with Impulse. Bart because feels it's right. weird to say because my favorite thing about this where Impulse is the guy who like, you know, he's always zany and stuff like that. He's known as the joke, even though he got to grow up, be the Flash, be killed, come back, freaking, you know, and all that stuff. Now he's been reverted even further than his kid Flash persona that he had, you know, prior to being the Flash and being killed. But here he is, like, the guy that's always the goofball. And we're always dealing with in this concept of, these three are the people that were supposed to be the next generation of heroes before the New 52 happened. And not even like before Rebirth happened, you got John Kent, you have Damian Wayne, you have all this stuff going on, even, you know, um, uh, like even Wallace West and stuff like that. Seems like he'll even take the place of Barry well before Bart Allen does, even though Bart is, you know, related to him. I guess they're all kind of related, but the idea that these three are the ones who are supposed to be the next generation and they never will be for the current state of DC Comics. And it's a cool concept to play with because nobody's playing with these characters and young justice even being brought back the way it is feels weird because it's just the d idea of de-aging them, taking them a step back from where we were before the new 52 happened with them being teen Titans. It just always felt like a weird idea. And I don't know what Megan Fitzmartin is playing here because it almost, I, at times it feels like we're not playing with the new 52 origin, like the, like teen Titans stuff at all, which you should because they're do redoing a lot of stuff that was already done post, you know, or pre flashpoint. But at times it does, because even the idea where that's what's like, weird. Connor is all Connor's upset and even like, you've been weird for a while. Ever since I was on that planet and you never came to get me, we thought you were dead. And like, now you're pointing out real recent continuity with this, exactly. right? And yeah. even the idea of him calling it another planet, I'm like, it's Gemworld. Just say Gemworld. You know what Gemworld is, even though you were there. But even the idea, it's not that they thought you were dead. They were magically, they magically couldn't remember you and they didn't know why. And then they had to get to the bottom of that. You're going right in the deal. That's what I'm saying. These little things that a lot of readers won't understand that or really they're not that invested. But when you do know this happened when Bendis came over when he was on Superman and he ended up with that, you know, Man of Steel miniseries to start things out, yeah. kind of mimicking the John Byrne stuff. So when he does that, we had questions right away. Wait a second. He's new on the book. Is it that he doesn't know? That say Seattle Star City, something as easy as that. But did he not know or is he changing it back because he's allowed to? And we kind of didn't know. And I have that same thing with Megan Smith-Martin. And this is, again, knowing that it's Mixel Plick Jr., this is me kind of gleaning what this might be about. 
But if it isn't, I think you could have went a better route because you just said it. These characters should have progressed and been the Justice League. Now, in a time when the Justice League dies and everybody's like, yeah, you know, whatever, they'll come back. You could have a Mixoplick Jr., whatever. He's there and he sees this and says, this is bullshit. They should have been. This Justice League dying, these characters that I know and love, yeah, and maybe as far he's as a we know at this point in time for where we are, because even going back to the 90s stuff, Young Justice, where these characters were their greatest selves in my mind. If you have this character from the fifth dimension, you got to think about the idea of Batmite, like you were talking about before we got on, with the biggest fan aspect where you want to see these characters the way you want to see these things, like where they really thrive before all the like the misery and death where Infinite like uh, Crisis came along and killed people off and then you had to deal with like the stuff that they're dealing with now that they're talking about. You have no idea what it was like after you died. You know, the idea of Cassie and Robin I think kissing. that's right what that they- is. And it might be, and I don't know, because even when we have, you know, uh, Cassie here, the construct of Cassie that's trying to keep everybody placated in this dream world, you want to think that this is actually like Mixelplick Jr. in disguise, just, you know, being a part of the game and stuff. But even when they won't accept the world, they're like, oh, he's going to be really upset if you don't accept this. It almost looks like an outside source. I'm like, is it Mixelplick's going to be upset? And then maybe she is a construct Is she a construct of him that that he's put out there? Like, she's not doing her job or whatever it is. It's a weird thing because we don't know how this dream world is playing out yet. So I have to like jump to weird conclusions, especially with Cassie. That's my problem, though. We're at the third issue. We still at the end of this issue. We have to get to the fourth when we're going to be introduced to what may be, you know, the big bad. Mixoplick Jr., who, again, because of the fifth dimension stuff, I really do do know that's the big bad, though. Well, we do. But if you aren't reading solicits and things like that, you really wouldn't know that much. And then when you get to that, though, that's what makes me think. Biggest fan. You guys should have been the the Justice League's dead. You guys should have been the ones who were already set Maybe up I'm and Mitchell they went Pick right Jr. to. Yeah, but that that's that's an okay setup because at this point though, this feels so disconnected from a dark crisis. It just feels like its own little wacky thing. Well, the only thing that feels like it connects it is it's going on during dark crisis and also it's its weird little dream world whether it's connected or not. You could have had where why aren't you connecting it more and with Mixoplick Jr. It's not really that crazy a reveal that you could have seen him behind the scenes. Oh, my gosh. Almost again, it would be like even a Superboy Prime. Why can't they realize that this is how it should be? Like he's getting angry that things didn't progress the way he wanted because of the idea that the writers kept screwing him. They kept resetting. And with Bart and Connor, that seems pretty cool because they kind of were forgotten so that when you go back to this, Tim feels you just want to have the three, but Tim feels weird. I actually was thinking maybe they could have had Arrow wet with them, but you want to have Tim in it. But well, Arrow in the real world with Cassie with Cassie doing just, the detective stuff. At least she was somebody that was kind of forgotten. But you end up where you're so here. The, so was Goddess. Yeah, but Tim wasn't. But even so, you're you're going with this play of come on, guys. Like he is trying to inspire them and to secret. realize they grew up. My problem though is they have. Now, Connor a little less because he was gone for a while and, you know, Bendis and they were, you know, de-aging him. But he's also perpetually always going to be 16 years Uh, old. But a Tim Drake and a Bart even, they seem to have even in the Young Justice, even Connor in the Young Justice stuff. And then after that, they did progress past the moment that is being played here. Now, with that, you might have Mixelplick Jr. say, but this was where you were at your greatest. This is where I want you to remember how cool and progress like. It's weird because you're burying the lead. None of this has happened yet with Mixelplick Jr. or whatnot. So when you're going through this, it just feels off. It feels off with the characters 
and ha- kind of the continuity, like you said, you're jumping through. Well, Superboy's getting mopey out and- of nowhere now. We have to think about the idea that Robin thinks that he's been acting weird ever since they brought him back from general. He's like, you guys were looked for me and we thought you were dead. But even when we have, you know, everybody go off and do their own thing where Cassie's individually talking to everybody to try to get them to say about how great this world is. It's like, like, wait, hold on. After I died, you and Robin did what? Talking about the kiss that was actually brought up, you know, pre-Flashpoint. And I think the adventure comic stuff. But when you have that going, it's like, in the other world, you were erased. So many of your memories evaporate. I'm like, okay, so in the other world, the real world, when you talk about the idea of being erased, he was erased. And then, like, before Flashpoint happened, he ended up in Gemworld, where he was sent there by Dr. Glory and stuff like that, which kind of kept him there. So he was technically erased. It never made sense, but we're going with that. But why are we talking about the idea of him dying, which was a big deal for them well before Flashpoint ever happened? And he also came back before that, like, you know, Flashpoint ever happened. So it's such a weird idea that we're dealing with that and the idea of him being in general. It almost is like we're toggling it back and forth with what we're actually dealing with, but never like landing on something cement and concrete. This is starting to feel like Superman Reborn, which you're just going to try to fudge everything. Well, that worked. That didn't. But it's not clear enough. And. Some of the things, like you said, the kiss, they dealt with that. They Like some of these things that are being brought up were dealt well, with. And it's already, weird because not- you had that again in the Teen Titans New 52 stuff when Raven was like uh, ma- magically mentally fucking people up and getting them to go and make out and stuff like that. And it was a weird situation because, you know, during the New 52, you're trying to redo some new things, get some of the classic hits while doing something new as along the along the way. But in that series as well. That Superboy died, so we're dealing with that as well, because it always felt like when we hit Rebirth, and you got the classic Tim Drake back, and he wasn't calling himself Red Robin, all the weird stuff, it almost felt like that version of the New 52 was erased with the Teen Titans. Like, that stuff never happened, because you had the bar tour from who was the bad guy from the 31st century. They kind of wanted it. wasn't great, so I could see why. They, but, but he that's died what's weird. There. Is that what you're playing at? I know, and that the, what's weird about this is I think there are some meta stuff that you can really play with, especially with the Young Justice team and how they were messed around with and how they did that. I don't think that this is a smart enough story or clever enough story to deal with that. It's just a hodgepodge, and that's where I think that people are getting confused. Even the idea that last issue we felt almost hateful towards the team and their fans this is Toss less nostalgia that. yeah yeah this is less that's why i laugh when you end up saying nostalgia in that jeff johns deal as well and so when you get this you end up and i did even see some john wayne ended up upset because he wanted tim drake to be on the case he's the detective bart doing it i thought was well, okay I, the thing is, because I bart want- has grown up past this and and that's what i like but then it doesn't seem like maybe the smart Tim ones to do that. To be Tim too, because I while I do like Impulse being the one, like the voice of reason here, where he's not going to be the goofball that's looked down. He's going to get to the bottom of this and figure stuff out. We are doing that at the expense of Superboy and Robin, who are have to be forced to not know what's going on and not want to look into things for no real reason whatsoever. I, I thought that maybe you could play the idea that this is less of a mystery of that sort or more of a mystery of growing up. And since Tim as kind of grown was always, you know, more mature, when you go back here, even where Bart realizes, man, I was a real bonehead back there. I was a knucklehead. And he's better now. He got better in the series back then. This is the problem I have is they did progress past this back. moment, right? He's reverted back to say, I haven't been reverted back, but you reverted him back again. Even when he says, you know, boobs McGee. I mean, we're still, you're getting right back to that. That's but what I would call it. Too, I so. did laugh. But still, when he ends up doing this, I don't the mind that he, 
he sees something like this is weird because they're doing this and he realizes only because he's matured probably more than the other two only because he started at a lower level tim was always pretty mature for his own deal Bart was not, so he's gone. And then, though, I want Tim to jump in. I want Tim to get, I want the basis of, this is weird, and then, boom, Tim comes in and they start working on it. Connor just is so desperate to have things, almost like, you know, what we would have thought Wallace was going to be in the flashbook that we talk next. Like, he's so enamored in a world. Like, what this world is playing, he doesn't mind that tune. He might dance along with that tune, but he's not going to go against his buddies and his friends. But even so, Connor just completely almost seems like he's a construct by the end. Like he's really enthralled by all of this stuff. Well, even the idea where he is sticking up for Cassie, like, don't you interrogate her? And like coming to her defense, like it's still 1999 or 2000. He's her boyfriend, even though we really haven't dealt with any of that kind of stuff in a long time for, for pretty much a decade at this point in time. But like the idea that he is almost embodying this whole thing and trying to slip back into where they left off back in 1999, 2000. And I don't know why he's trying to do this. And it feels weird. They even call him out. But we never really get the resolve of that because it's like, all right, if you're not going to accept this world, he's going to be really pissed off. He who? Snap. And it's just, oh, my God, we're back on the watchtower. She's not pulling her punches this time. Well, if you're not going to accept this world, you're going to have to accept it by force. And then we have the 90s thrown out of all the heroes that I, I realized at the end of this. when You had all of these characters show up to go take on our trio of Young Justice characters that. I love 90s comics so much, and especially the way like all the characters involved here just coming out, like Kyle Rayner, Hookhand, Aquaman, old Huntress and stuff Connor like that. Connor Hawk. Connor Hawk right there. Even like the old Arsenal costume and even the old um, old Tempest costume and stuff like that. Kyle Rayner, like full force right here. I'm like, I love all of this so much. I want to see more of this. It is funny when you look at, at the heroes coming to attack them at the end, like, oh, they'll take Again, this feels like I mean, overall, the story feels like, hey, it's the 90s come back to try to grab their young justice team because they want them back and don't want them to progress. But yet I think the story's about them wanting to progress. Yes. But then you bury that in the lead of it, because I think Mixoplick is going to say Mixoplick Jr., I want you to be the Just League. But now he's bringing them back to this. It's very odd, like and and not showing your hand until what will be the fourth issue. The next issue, I think, is a real Weird play, because you only have a couple issues then to deal with what should be the big meta stuff about this. And even though when you have like Batman, are they smiling just because they're cool ass characters? I mean, look at Kyle Rayner. That guy has a grin on his face. Are they smiling because they're about to get that? But I'm saying, are you going to play off the idea that these guys are like Kyle Rayner's a good guy? Right. Or is he are they just going to beat the crap out of these kids? Oh, they're going to beat the crap out of them kids. I I don't know what's going to happen here. It's almost going to be like, you better accept that we're from the time of the greatest deal. And it's a weird play. But now we're getting back to what appears again. All of this. This is what's weird about this book. Everything is conjecture from us because we have got nothing. We've got nothing really in this. So when they do this, I think, again, it's going to be Megan Fitzmartin saying, man, those 90s were toxic, weren't they? Instead of saying, yeah, we should have progressed from there. And these characters that and did the originate is, then are did. better. Yeah. And, and that's then yeah, the new 52 the happened and they took all of that away. And then even when they brought it back, we just never dealt with it and re- like regressed them back to Young Justice. So what this should be is the idea of where, why are we the way we are? Oh, that's right. Bendis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Bendis is the word. Uh, but yeah. So when the they're doing this, darkness. I just wonder, but you get you get some moments that are better. 
than what we had in the first two issues. You do end up where you see fully. This is, again, but you're bearing the lead, but it's, yeah, this is set up like a video game. We're giving opportunities that are really on the nose on Front Street to get over the hump of things that upset us. The problem is nobody's like, well, we kind of got over those already because they did. That's where you get this weird time fix. But then when you mention Bendis's Young Justice deal, it throws everything gets thrown off at one point because the idea where, hey, Connor, you want to punch Lex because you have problems because he's part on, you know, kind of like one of your two dads. Okay, I'd like that. Hey, well, there, tell you Bart. The is, he like you know we had a whole idea when he found out that he was you know part Lex as well, and Lex you know mind controlled him to make him become the killer that he wanted him to be in case he could like you know just pretty much do what like Bendix is doing with his post humans right now, just like puppet master them around. But he never got over that to a degree that's always going to be a part of him, and he was always afraid that it was going to happen again. They were claiming, and again, I'm just going by John Wayne, who I talked to because I didn't really read it, but he said in Jeff Johns Adventure Comics, when Connor came back after Final Crisis, they really delved into that and he got over it. But again, are we playing with that? Are are we doing? Because I don't know, because we keep jumping around and doing weird things about it and stuff like that. So, And that was the last you'd see of this Connor until Bendis's, you know, Young Justice almost a decade later. And so, like, you're reverting them back before but do you include that but now you mentioned bendis's young justice so i don't know what they're playing with but even then that is always going to be but even what's weird too is could you be playing a meta and a meta where you have mix up like junior who's making them deal with things that you always end up having to deal with you know you'll always have connor no matter when he pops up he's gonna be angry about the lex luther stuff whether it's resolved or not that's one of his one it's like damien that we say that for the longest time you couldn't progress him because he was just always angry and always doing that. But I don't know because you haven't set up that structure of what your story actually is behind the scenes. You're, you're I do like that Bart's that. like confronted by Deathstroke because Deathstroke did come out of nowhere and blow his kneecaps out one time, which really messed him up and a freaking screw on him. I'm like, that's Bart's greatest weakness though, or fear. I'm like, that, that's not too bad compared to everybody else. It isn't here. too bad. Here's, Even then. big baby Captain Boomerang. He killed <laughs> Tim Drake's father. That's and a big that's deal. And that's going to be Here's something Lex you'd Luther, be genetically at. engineered Superboy and made him a killing machine. That's pretty bad. And then we just have, oh, he shot me in the kneecaps once. <laughs> yeah, like, it's weird too. Well, with that too, even in that first arc with the Young Justice deal, he did kind of get over it a little when you ended up where he did get shot, but he healed because he's a speedster and whatnot. And that was at the point where he thought nobody thought that he was good enough to be a speed, you know, and he did kind of get over it. But it's like reverting it back to there. And it's just a weird play. But these are big moments for them. So I can see where she's going. I'm just worrying that. so brutal, too, though. <laughs> I'm just worrying. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, the idea that this is going on, like, it feels like she knows just about as much as I know about this, which isn't a ton. This isn't my favorite team or characters. So. I don't know. I only know the heavy hits and the big, you know, wow moments and things. And it, it just, it kind of feels like that. And you can play that out, though. You can play out that the idea that they think, wait a minute, I thought I was over this, but boy, I'm not. Let's go. And if something's influencing me and whatnot, but they don't so seem funny, to do too, that. So funny, too, when you talk about the idea when Destro blew, blew his kneecap off and stuff like that, because that wasn't Young Justice. And like, even when the costume no, was Teen because Titans. it was Teen Titans and they have a kid's game right here. But when you show it, He's in his impulse costume and not his Kid Flash costume. Like the idea that you're still playing with the idea that this is Young Justice, even though they graduated to become Teen Titans and then were reverted back. And now, what are you doing? The funny thing is, I was saying, I read that and I mentioned Young Justice. And then I was thinking, because we had it for one of our Book of the Month things, me and Stork did for the Patreon. 
And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, we didn't do Young Justice, we did Teen Titans. It was that Teen Titans deal. And yeah, so again, it's a weird play. Without having Mixaplick Jr. represented yet, not coming out and saying, I'm here or whatever, because then you could say things are mixed up in his mind. That's not real, and Bart's getting to the bottom of it. Yeah, and you can play with the idea that things are a little screwy if you go and play with that. But without playing, this is the sort of thing, and going back to bookend what I said at the beginning, this is sort of thing where you don't know if that's part of the plan or if it is just a mistake or she's just like, well, you know, we're going to meld it all together. Well, the because- continuity so screwed up. There's no fixing it at this point. Sherry, pick what you need. This could be the hyper time continuity nonsense all melding together. And like you have this, you have that, you have that. So we'll have to see. But it's almost like Asriel's current continuity when there's going through it. And the issue of sort of Asriel number one was like, and then he took over for Batman and then now happened <laughs> like you skip over 20 years of Azure because we don't want to deal with that where he died and then now came back and all of batman and robin eternal we don't, that's too much let's just get rid of that let's give you the greatest hits that's even crazier because that's in a real continuity yeah. this already knows you they end up they think they either time traveled or in a different world whatever you didn't really need cassie to be this person i probably wouldn't have had her because detective cassie herself is out and about she's trying to get in I think I would have just had Mixaplick Jr. right away saying, hey, guys, you know, welcome to this world. This is, you know, the greatest thing for you. I set it up for you. Like playing that whole deal what with that What could Cassie possibly do in the rest of this series, though, to make any kind <laughs> of difference? Know. Is the idea that eventually if she pals around with Sissy to get to the bottom of that, eventually Sissy will forgive her for being a bad friend and maybe want to be a young Justice slash Teen Titan member again? I th- And this is so hokey. But I thought what you were setting up, especially at this point, was that because Cassie goes around. Hey, anybody see Bart, Connor and Tim? You know, no, no, I didn't even know they were gone. I thought you were playing with the idea that these characters weren't loved enough, almost like a weird like it's a wonderful life. The idea that she had to inspire everybody in the regular world to love them so that they would then be accepted and come back so hokey. But I don't know I what else she'd be doing. I my love them is enough to bring them and back. I, exactly. Well, that would be a good. But you. That's very hokey. It's very cheesy, but it's something. I don't know what she could do. What could she possibly do? Just And now we've had issues where she, we don't see anything. What is she doing right now when all this is going on? It's so very, very weird with that. I mean, even if you played the game where they brought in the three and things weren't working on Mixaplick Jr. It's like, I know I have to bring in the girls. They actually center them in here. They do this. But you're not getting any of that. You're getting a weird, hokey combination of all different continuities melded together it's all their continuities but things that didn't make sense this doesn't look like it's actually trying to figure those out it's just trying to fudge its way through to get to the point of something where i think it's that hey man we are pretty cool we should have grown up but then you have the team say no 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 we have grown up please let us go back and do our deal okay i i don't know what else you can do in three more issues too it just you're waiting too long to do it but the art's really good. You know what? I'm just looking it up because I was I was a, a upset about what I said about that impulse thing because in that is where he stopped being impulse and became Kid and Flash. Became Kid Flash because that yeah. was the impetus for that. Now I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And then at the deal, he ended up because he wanted to become Kid Flash, and they were bashing him. He ended up having Wally and I believe Jay Garrett talking behind the scenes, like, yeah, I don't think he's ready. He's he's too immature. After he got shot, that was the big thing of like, I am mature. I I can do this. Remember, he was like reading books, like every yeah. book in the library and stuff. And he's like knowing things. He was actually he's trying to show. No. Yeah, he was a tryhard, but he wanted to show that he had progressed. But it's, it was yeah. really nice. And in that story, 
whether now we want, like now you want them to progress. It's been too long in that story. It was great having them as kids and trying to, you know, get better and want to be that big deal. They were just working towards a goal that was never going to happen for them. That, and, and again, I'd like to see that played with in a way when you get Mixoplick Jr., all bets are off, but I do think it's going to be a bat mite type of thing. Even though Mixoplick Jr., does that work? I don't know. Oh, we'll no, when you say. had the characters like this, even when we had Super Sons going on, it's always like the kid version of something. I'm like, I want them this to have This reminded me of the thing. Super Sons. You're right. Like, even when we had the like the Wonder Woman, where we had the like the Wonder Tot character, like a or like the Wonder. Actually, it wasn't even Wonder Tot because that was what it should have been. Might. Wonder Might that they had brought out for that stupid nonsense. But I like uh, about when we that. had the Super Sons, here's Kid Amazo, and now here's you know, the Young Justice. It's Mixelplick Jr. And then Rex Luthor. And then they are my kid versions. And hey, we're going to get the. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's just, this is a weird play. I I thought, and I still think that Megan Fitzmart is trying to convince us that they should have grown up. But to do that, she's not letting them grow up. Yeah. And I know. And that's where I think, I think there's a disconnect of what DC's editors and Megan Fitzmartin think that the Young Justice fans want or need. It's such and a weird idea, because like you talked about, we talked about last issue when we reviewed that, it's like, here's the 90s. Didn't they, they sure suck, didn't they? And anybody who likes them, toxic as hell. Let's move past this, can't we? I'm like, yes, I would love to move Everybody past this. Everybody has. That- it didn't, the thing is, it didn't suck. It was awesome. We all grew up, but the problem is, but they grew up now. too and reverted back. It's not our fault that they're the way they are right now. It's DC's fault. Just fucking do something and make them the characters they were a decade ago. It's almost a shame that just Mixoplick Jr. just didn't. He likes them as they were. Let's try to force the issue here. They rebel because, no, we're kind of past this. Boom, they go back. But it's getting caught up in itself. It's getting twisted and turned. Like you just said, most Young Justice fans love Young Justice. Yeah, you like to go down memory lane. But it kind of brings this is up all hold up, but it was fun at the time. But we when you do that, you love it because of, hey, that was the time then. But overall, you don't want your characters to you have been complaining every time we get anything with these characters of why are you de-aging them? Why are you making them kids again when they have progressed? You said with the young justice of Bendis, like, no, 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 they got past this. They're past this. Like, why are you doing this again? And it's true. It is true. And I think that they don't recognize the idea that the fans have wanted them to progress. And you're doing it in a weird way here. We wanted them to grow up with us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You could have had a battle for the league. Like, instead of the battle for the Cal, you get all these things and Young Justice. You might get some crazy stuff where the idea of the Justice League dying, uh, like, you know, might create some kind of parallel hyper time to go along with what we had the Titans of Tomorrow, or this the is Titans the re- Tomorrow, like, yeah. This is where these characters would grow up and become the Justice. bad Justice League. Old Justice, yeah. No, old could, Justice is something different. <laughs> you could have had a, you could have had a bunch of different things, but you're kind of for, and with Connor, you're just really you're forcing things through him now about don't you say that about Ken? like he has fully reverted back, but. It doesn't feel like something like a hyper time has made him do that or or the years that he was erased and missed out. They're kind of coming back to get him. And now he is revert. It's just him doing that because, hey, that's what Connor would do. But you're not really centering on what he would do now or, or what they would do as they grow up, except maybe Bart is a little bit. But it's only to have one person needs to figure out this is bullshit. Yeah. And he's the one. So it's a weird deal. But at the end. When you do have Cassie say he's going to be mad, here he comes, it looks like it'll be Mixoplick Jr., and you end up having this Justice League and all these heroes come from the 90s. It's pretty cool. Hopefully, what you Mad get is cool. Megan Fitzmartin is now, it's halftime. Superman should have been freaking, like like his blue version, though, on there as well. That would have been cool. 
Uh, so you end up where she goes into the locker room. Uh, Bill Belichick, this shit. Well, I mean, cheat. But when you go, go and figure out your halftime plan, make adjustments and come out with the last three issues. And not just every writer doesn't have to give, you know, like you talk for the Green Arrow fans. I don't know if anybody knows this, but you never can talk for every fan. She doesn't have to sit there and give Eric Shea what he wants. But do this a little smarter, play it out and get a, a concise idea of what we're dealing with. And hopefully she can show that she understands these characters and this team. And this has all been a setup that is kind of trying to lead us astray. Doesn't feel like that, though, right? It just feels like something that's thrown out there kind of willy nilly. But I, I thought this issue was a little better than the first. No, so so it I. didn't feel as hateful. Uh, I know John Wayne is real upset on the site. He gave it a four. He wanted me to tell everybody it was really a, an FU five. I think this is the best issue we've had of it so far. I think so, too. Still not great. That's a no. low bar. But I think that. There is hope at the end when you see that oh, those 90s characters. I'm like, OK, let's go. But I think that you're just going to show they're toxic. But I, I have to wait and see. We'll have to see what's going on. But with that, what would you give it? I'd give this a 6.3 out of 10. I, I know that you won't give it a six like I'm going to. I'm giving it a kiss my grit six. I think I gave another, the first issue a six. and I said this is the best issue so far, so I okay, can't do that so again. You have to go up. I may have as well. But I thought that we I actually I think I was a little uh, down on it more. And I said I don't really have as much a connection of the Young Justice team as you. But it just I, we need to, you got to tell us what your story is here. This mystery in a six issue mini shouldn't be going on this long of not really revealing anything. but. We'll see. Hopefully it, it turns around and then people could just bitch and moan about those, you know, world without a Justice League. Then they won't have this like book us. to just yeah, like us, like just about everybody. But uh, what's next? Next up, we have The Flash, number 785, written by Jeremy Adams with art by Manke Nahuapan, Jeremy Cox and Rob Lee. And in this issue, we conclude our search for Barry Allen, where we have all of our speeches together throughout the multiverse, even worlds we've never seen before. Looking for Barry Allen's ass and going and doing strange things in stories like Jesse Quick and Max Mercury in a Mad Max universe where Barry Allen's trying to bring water back with magic crystals. Yeah, maybe. the uh, bringing a pearl that just ends up bringing the magic back. I mean, that's and water, what I want. Maybe that's what I want in my life. Well, I guess that's the magic as well. But yeah, it's very odd. Very odd that that whole deal. I think that most of this stuff, besides. The the two main things you have Jay and Irie, but even that kind of falls apart a little. Actually, in my mind, this is the best issue dealing with Night Flash and the whole world with you know the Batman Flash amalgam because it sets up a future story after this is all said and done. With all this, you know the Max Mercury deal though, and you know Jesse Quick, it's nothing. It really oh, was no, nothing. The whole it was Mad just Max a fill aspect in the of this—it was all filler all the time, and it really sucks in my mind just because you never get Jesse Quick, you never get Max Mercury. And now that you have them all together in a big Flash family adventure. They're doing this weird filler story that I never once cared about with the Mad Max Barry Allen trying to outrace the freaking humongous of this, the Lord humongous of this world. So we can, you know, bring magic back and possibly water with this pearl. I'm like, it's a weird situation. Like, you know, where you're, you're trying so hard just to be like, make it into a joke to bring that Mad Max vibe. I'm like, you're just making it so I care even less about it and not as like, that's the thing. I didn't care about the Night Flash stuff either and the Gotham Central City and all that stuff because it's just an amalgam of Batman and Flash in a world that shouldn't exist in our current multiverse. As far as I'm concerned, who knows how the Omniverse works anymore. But 
that at least by the end of this issue made itself worthwhile by setting up something going forward and something that the kids are going to have to deal with with knives Mahoney going to their own world in a world where you don't have a knife flash. It's a weird play. Like when does he when do you think he's going to go to the world and doesn't he have to just pop up where everybody is? At least Mr. Terrific waiting for him, I thought. that's. But Nice Mahoney also has Speed Force powers. We have that, but it is set up, and you know, you set it up like you would any of these multiverse-type deals with, and it's okay. You get the, you know, the fat flash there. I'm telling you, the, I, I, the idea of the amalgam it. always just kind of upset me because after dealing with death metal and metal and stuff like that, Batman amalgams, I am done with, done to death with. So I did not need it here, but at least it set up something interesting for the kids. At least you get a solid backstory. If you find out why it makes sense. I mean, it works out and both of them combine where he does. Get Night Flash's father, the power. scientist named Henry Allen, had developed a formula for rapid regeneration healing. It was revolutionary. Whoever owned the formula was a guaranteed to make a mint. And then it's like, so this really famous crime boss decided to take the formula for himself. Henry would have died before he handed it over, but then Henry's wife and kids showed up. The crime boss knew this was leverage. He'd need for Henry to hand over the formula. He killed Henry's wife and was going to do the same to the little old Barry unless he got what he wanted. But then something impossible happened. A lightning bolt hit the lab and Henry's chemicals exploded everywhere. The lab caught fire and everyone died, or so they thought. Barry's wounds healed, but that wasn't all. He had gained the ability to move at super speed. He became Central City's, like, uh, the world's protector. The truth is, he's more like a dictator, handling, handing down rules from on high. This is how Benaiz Mahoney's doing it, just because he's trying to pull the And the promise, down. that really stuck with me. I, I ended up actually at the end of the issue when we started talking, I'm like, yeah, he sucks, that guy. But each year, that, like, the thing is, each year since this happened, everybody believed that everybody died in the fire. But Barry survived and Benaiz Mahoney did, but they were both doused with the chemicals activating the speed force. But each year that they fight each other, Barry gets older and a little bit slower while Knives gets younger and a little bit faster. Hopefully we can have a Benjamin the button story. Like we can tie it into the button there. Wouldn't that be cool? I like that actually. I like that actually Barry Allen in this and the Bad Flash, he's playing the opposite. He's the reverse Benjamin Button, like you said at one point. He's just aging regularly, but Knives, he's going backwards. It's kind of For a some cool reason, I still want to think that Barry still has the mind of a child and has aged like really like, far. <laughs> I just like, I like the idea. The funny play here is if you really play it out to the end, it's there. There's Barry as the Bat Flash and he's sitting there. He's like, I know I'm getting, I'm getting older. He's getting younger. I just have to make sure I can hold on because eventually he'll be a damn baby and I could beat up a baby. I don't care if I'm 90 years old, I could beat up a baby. But he said, like, I'm getting, he just has to hold out. Like, he could win this battle, I think. He's not that old in the deal. Eventually, Knives is going to be like five. And like you said, Knives is still going to get faster because each year he gets faster than Barry. He's faster. Well, that's what I'm saying. But when he becomes a baby, the what's fastest he gonna do? he's ever been. Crawl around. Goo goo gaga. He's going to just kick him. He's going to punt him away. And then that's when you find out the world turns on him. That would be the, that's Knives' plan the whole time. Knife Flash kicks babies. <laughs> it's going to be on the front page. Do you want a superhero who kicks babies? I know I don't. Vote for Superman. Greatest hero. I'm telling you, it's the greatest ads ever. We have attack ads going on. It'd be great. Hey, look at him. He's kicking babies. 
Oh, that'd be awesome. And the baby smoking a cigar. Everybody loves that. Is, I love this Knives yeah, Mahoney yeah. part just because it does its time here and actually makes this part worthwhile by setting up a new villain for the Flash going forward into our own world with Knives Mahoney. But the biggest problem with it is the way we resolve this is finally Jay Garrick, who's been disappeared this entire story yeah. arc. Yeah. He just shows up to say, all right, kids, I'm here to help you. Oh, nice, Mahoney. He got away. Too bad. Well, it's time to go home, kids. I'm like, where have yeah. you been, Jay? And why are you just here to be Poppy. the freaking like the guy to say, we got to go home now, kids? I'm telling you, too. I, I'm like, I really want, I guess you want, you're really centering on the idea that, you know, me and you both think that he'll come back. Knives will be in our world and he'll come back as that villain yeah. to the kids. A world without a knife flash. That sounds interesting. He's there. And I still think it's like he's. Chucky. He's still a gangster. Like, well, where oh, yeah. is all like, and I, but where is his? T- it's going to be like baby Herman or the other child smoking a cigar. That's what I want. Now to take over central cities, guys. I'm big baby. I, I think that, I think that big baby was looked at and shunned. I don't think he has his gang anymore. It just doesn't feel like it. It feels like maybe like, Hey, we're not following no kids there. Knives, bossy boy. I feel like it's weird because the way like, you know, Night Flash talks about the kids being brainwashed or having speed force powers because of Knives Mahoney. It almost feels like Knives in this world is almost, he's obviously a speedster, but almost like a Professor Pig with his Dolatrons for the way that it seems like he has like, you know, pawns that he uses. So I really am curious yeah, to see what, what Knives Mahoney brings to Central City in our world when he gets there. But I want Big Baby. I want him smoking a cigar with this. Well, like- say, he'll still be a kid walking around. Excuse me, little guy. Do you think he should be smoking? Fuck off, there. <laughs> Seriously. It's like, you know. The the potential here is <laughs> like all of a sudden they're going to and this is how it has to play out. And I'm telling I know we can't tell Jeremy Adams this because then he can't do it. But I need them. Hey, school time. Hey, what's up? Hey, Flash I want to introduce, introduce you to your new classmate, uh, you know, Mr. Mahoney. Ke- he's Kevin like, Mahoney. Yeah. Kevin Mahoney's like, hey, there, thanks a lot. Toots. And he slaps the teacher in the butt. He doesn't know that these things are bad. Hey, I got a question for you, teach. It almost goes back to that old Looney Tunes sketch that the way it's turned into a movie called Little Man, where you have the idea that you have this child that who's pure evil and he has the mind of an adult and stuff like that. So what are you going to do? Because like we talk about the idea that Night Flash has smear campaigns because his biggest villain's a child. But if you have Barry Allen or Wally West, who's the current Flash, and who has to take on a child and somebody sees him beating up a kid. Oh, my God. Do you want a superhero who kicks babies? I know I don't. Vote for Superman. Greatest hero. I'm telling you, I the, this is a good setup, though, to even probably get Maxine and freaking Irie and Jay. I just need it. Like, does anybody have a question? Yeah, what are you doing after class there, teach? And they're getting all mad at him and stuff. And also the idea that he's starting to run rackets in the school. It'd be pretty cool. I mean, that, that's a funny setup. So I hope that it ends up happening. Though, in the idea, you always have to remember that. And you try not to. That this is an adult and everything he's doing is really sus with all that. But I do like that. I, I think that'll be fun to have that setup. I just hope that they at least have it. I gotta go work. undercover as a real kid here and do my grades again. I hate yeah, it. exactly. Hey, I, I always wanted to do it over, but not like this there, teach. I don't know. You'll, you'll do all this stuff. Plus, he has speedster powers. Which it's is a homeless cool guy too. in Central City to act as his guardian and enroll him in school. Oh, let's see. That's, I thought you were just gonna buy him beer, but that'd be good, too. Yeah, he's gonna have to do all that stuff. He's gonna hire people and, and maybe we can get some of them Bruno Mannheim gang members. They could come over, what right? what they're doing here in Central City. They're there, well, they ended up they're upset they keep getting beat up and thrown I in want the, the rogues so i'm telling you the rogues need to be cut down just because they're going to underestimate a child and freaking knives mahoney wants to go and kick everybody's asses because he's got the speed force powers that would be funny yeah he's there so you end up with that so at least you know we're excited i'm getting more excited about that than i was when i was reading it but 
then we get our major story, and it is a bit of a shame. I well, was really looking for just this getting whole... the crap kicked out of Barry, but then the big thing I know that what you're going to say about Daniel West, we we wanted to have this. Well, reverse no, not flash even the idea of Daniel the... West because I did want more of that because the reverse Flash being you know Wallace's father and stuff like that, and then dying and never having that resolve to it. I'm like, I I need that more than anything, but. When you have Barry beating the crap out of Wally in his dream world because the dream world is presenting Wally as Eobard Thawne, I needed that moment of rebirth, DC's Universe Rebirth special again, where like he remembers Wally. And the thing is, and you try to get that, but when Linda Park comes in with her Speed Force powers and like going through the like the uh, the the multiverse tunnel to get there, it's like, "Will you keep your hands off my husband, Barry?" Linda being the one to knock him out of it feels wrong to me for some reason. Yeah, the funny play is that you end up having. Wally kind of going, never even questioned, like, man, she came flying out there and punched the flash. And oh my God, how did this happen? And he's like, man, I've had dreams like that before. And it takes him to actually speed up and go through. And there was a, that was a weird scene where it looks like Wally realizes that Linda has the speed force powers. Yeah. It was kind of a, a weird, like, I don't know. I, I want to say creepy almost. It felt weird. But in that, even then, I did like where nobody hits on my husband. It's a weird way to say it just to set up the joke. But I do like Wally in the concussion protocol. Man, I've had this dream before. I'm like, I don't want to know your dreams there. Pal. I kind of want to know a little bit more. It's kind of funny. And all this is going to be. And it seems like Jeremy Adams is really seems like because his book is based on family that when Barry then comes to, you know, his senses and says, oh, my God, I know what's going on here oh, my God, I got to save the Justice League. And they're like, you know, what about Iris? And he's like, eh. Tell, tell her, her I love her and I'll be home when I can. It felt weird. Like, they bring it up, but he's not going to do that. The other thing that I thought that was kind of weird, you're going to go with this to push it forward. You don't have to not. But the idea where he goes, well, if I'm in this world, then I kind of think the others are in similar worlds. I'm thinking, I don't know, because I would think that the Speed Force had something maybe to do, like this whole idea that you can't just assume the rest of them, just because they say, well, Black Adam said that they just disintegrated, just like me. I guess they're in these, but that's what you have to do. And he's going to go and try to figure this out. I, again, like Cassie, I don't know doing what this the world's I don't know what he's going to do. Gonna do. Because yeah. even when we have the idea that Barry's been placated here to keep him, like, you know, fine and happy in his own little dream world, when you had Wallace West Kid flash off, it tried to do the same thing to him. And it felt weird because I wanted to know why this happened. But then when his father shows up, he's like, give your old man a hug. He's like, no, it was like, what's wrong, Ace? Are you okay? And you're home, and all the people that in his life and his family that he wants to have around that should keep him happy. Now they're all black eyed kids, and I'm like, why are you turning this into a nightmare? And when did this happen, and why? Is it because Barry snapped out of it and the That's world's falling I apart? Thought. I don't and, know. But though. it's not played out well. And the weird play is if you go back to everything that led up to this, the idea that I think this world was just trying to, if, if I went from the actual story, I thought that this world was trying to stop Barry because he did go through that crack, right? He snuck in the crack, all that stuff in, in the universe. It wasn't quite what we had before, but I think that this was like that original one. We just have to get him off the board here. So let him be like, that's okay. But having all these multiverses and stuff and then have it fall apart to the point where then it's showing. No, instead, I would think that it's trying to revert. Things would get wacky. I actually thought that you'd end up having you know, Daniel changed to different reverse flashes. Everything's getting wacky. And then you'd have, you know, Wallace go, holy crap, this isn't real, whatnot, but not, man, you know, nightmare black eyed kids coming at you. That feels like you're really just showing your hand and trying to get everybody the hell out because that's when the world's falling apart. It's not yeah, the happy. world's falling apart. That's fine. But I, I think that the better play would have been that you're it's still home. just. Ah! 
<laughs> if it was still just showing Wallace, like I, I could see Wallace because come with us, Danny, play with us. So the world outside is falling apart. And I would have liked that Wallace is still like, no, 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 this is where I want to be. This is, and they have to drag him out. Can't wait for Daniel West to come back. And that's the thing. Like most people forget about, you know, Daniel West and Wallace's father. That and with Eobard, get to if know he's actually he dead died. in Flashpoint Beyond and the paradox is over yeah. and Eobard's done, now he can come back and actually be reverse Flash and nobody's going to be upset about it. Yeah, and he died a hero. I mean, we always pointed out in the Suicide but nobody Squad knows. Book, he died a hero. You know, nobody knows, including Wallace, which is the biggest shame. We want him to know all that. and Suicide Squad stuff. Nobody knows. Yeah, I really thought that it would have been more powerful if Barry and... And Wally came and knew, hey, we got to get out. The world's falling apart. And Wallace still wants to stay because that would even go back to the point where. And I talked about this on a show we had on Patreon, I think, earlier today, our Infinity Gauntlet show. But the idea when Wallace was in hypertime during the Flash War by Joshua Williamson, he saw that he was not around before the new 52, that he was kind of an anomaly. He ended up coming there and he was mad about it. And I wonder if he would be able to like, there's this fight. Like, he just want to stay. If I'm going to die, I want to die here. Things are resetting all the time. I think I mean, it could have been a pretty cool idea of him really wanting to go and kicking and screaming as they tried to lead him out. But why are they zombies now? Come with us. You're home now, Danny. The world is reacting. The world that's trying to placate us this whole time is now mad wrong. at us. And now it's full out zombie attack. Like, that's not solving anything. Can we uh, come in? Uh, no. <laughs> Cornfield outside, Eric, obviously, right? Cornfield. You end up where they have to get the hell out. Yeah, and they're running. Everybody's running. All the speedsters, they're going. And it's like that weird. I'm telling you, when they're all running through the portal, we got to get the hell out of here. Oh, my God, we got to get the hell out of here as they press the buttons and stuff. And you end up having Linda, like, walk up and wait. Smack his ass? (laughs) Yeah, it just... It was weird. It it felt weird. He's like, whoa. At first, he thought it was Max Mercury, I'm sure. I mean, he gets handsy. It's his time, though. And so huh. he ends up where, hey, move your tail. I wanted her. I'm telling you, I wanted to just say, like, Jack Weed. <laughs> so weird. And then they go through, and he's like, yep, that's my wife. And they just go through it. I'm like, all right, there you go. And now right? Barry's going to go off to go save the rest of the Justice League in Dark Crisis number four while the rest of the Flashes go back to Mr. Terrific's lab. And the idea then when you have everybody back, like, hey, what happened to Barry? He's alive and well, but he's got some stuff to do. What are we going to do? We're going to go save the world. I'm like, damn right you are, Flash family. Now do something. And with that, you even have the Flash of Two Worlds kind of mimicked in there oh, where so Wally good. and Barry are going, right? So that's awesome. And they're Especially like, Especially when you have the Flash of Two Worlds, but it's like Wally and Barry running side by side. But behind them, you also have Linda Park and you have Wallace West Kid Flash, you know, taking up the rear. I'm like, that looks amazing. Kind of one of the kids there. Like, instead, Linda, yeah, she's do with, hot. Do on, with Poppy. Uh, <laughs> Poppy. Linda's had this. Ooh, the speed. Linda's had the Speed Force for a hot weekend. I can't wait for the explanation of why the fuck she has Speed Force powers. <laughs> I need to know this. Yeah. So when you're going with this and they're like, come on, Barry, come on back. You know, the world needs you. Then I kind of wish he would have come back for a second, maybe addressed the world and said, listen, hey, look at me. You all thought I was dead. The Justice League's alive. I swear to it. and I'm going to go find them. Whoopee me and take He's off. got Wally to go and do that. Why freaking dilly dally? I don't know that everybody's going to be like, yeah, well, you kind of said this before. I mean, they don't need somebody to say, hey, they died before. They're going to come back. I talked to Barry Allen. He was in a dream world. He believes that the Just League yeah, aren't right dead. There, they're, they're over like, here. They're already sending, you know, child services and maybe a health care check to Wally. They think he's on drugs now. 
I just I wish that Barry would have come back for man, a the second. Flash. Get the hell out of here. Well, him, he, you just said I just talked to him in a dream world where he's there. They're gonna be like, fuck you. They were just in a freaking you. world where the multiverse Earth world is crumbling around them it in a metaverse. Like People everybody understand has this. forgotten that now. It seems like that has faded in their mind. Nobody remembers that Dick and Barbara were married, Eric. So I don't I know, know what's going on. You'll never forget. That's what you will do. Uh, but yeah, they end up going. I just. In that, though, you kept well, the thing like, is, we don't have to tell the world. We just have to tell the rest of the freaking heroes. Well, no, because you end up having people even protesting. Justice League is dead. Where it's all hell is broken loose. This sucks. You want to help the everybody to calm the hell down. Look, they will just turn to something else. If they're out there like with signs for that, they're going to find something else to be pissed off about. Well, maybe, but at least they'll then be worried about hashtag nonsense. I don't need them picketing around like that. So you end up, though... It has to be something because Wally like asked him like eight times. It seems, come on, <laughs> just come back for a little. Nope, got to do this. And then, oh man, I think that when they're like, "What do we tell Linda?" I think that that's supposed to be like, "Ooh, we'll get him there." They don't know Barry enough. He's like, "Tell her what I tell her every time. I'm going out, baby. I'll be back whenever." Poor so Iris. yeah, it's like I love her. You know, I'll be as soon as I. I'll be as soon as I can. This is why the relationship hasn't worked, even though they should be married and well and stuff like that. It's because he's always doing this way. Even the idea, though, because we are almost picking up where we left off with the idea that this is a sequel to Crisis on Infinite Earths, where Barry with the rest of the Justice League are believed to be dead, and instead of coming back, you know, right away, he's going off to do some more stuff. So he's just gone. He's been (laughs) gone for over a decade in his time because of the his death during Infinite Crisis, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. So it really doesn't matter. He's off right now. He's got a lot of vacation days over freaking the CCP day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, if he if there's at one point where they have to really say, now. like, you have been on an eight year vacation here. Like, this doesn't work here anymore. You can't pop in and solve one case. But while, you're here, can you, while you're here, can you solve this one case? We think it might be Girder. Uh, you end up, though, with that. I think they go to uh, Iris. I love this scene. Hey, Iris, we just want to let you know. You know, we talked to Barry. She's like, Barry, who? You look over. She's married. Us kids with some other dude. Well, that's the she's thing like, is, I'm if done. you go back in the idea that, like, you know, you're going to try to tie things into, like, old continuity. I don't even know how yeah. you work with that anymore just because of what Barry's gone through and all the characters. But you get back and she's pregnant. And she's pregnant with the Tornado Twins. And you're back yeah. in continuity somehow, even though before they were in the 31st century that's because cool. of how they moved. You do something big like that, like, you know. Iris Barry will be back. Well, that's a good thing because he's got an, I need to talk to him about yeah, something. That's you a see good a baby thing. I need bump. Some, I need some money for diapers. Actually, that would be an actual cool thing after like a dark crisis where we say we want kind of something new or whatnot. It would be cool. If I don't even know where time, the Tornado Twins would fit into anything It would anymore. be cool, though, if the timeline kind of gets wacky or resets itself that you have some of those things where there's Barry who comes back. And oh, my God, who are these kids? <laughs> like. Oh my! It'd be like you know going off well, to no, war. I'm not, I'm not saying like they're like you know kids are like are born. I just mean that Iris is pregnant. Yeah. Well, even then, she's like, look at this, and he's like, hey, uh, who's the father? And she's like, you are off. Really? Get, really? Get the get the hell out of here, jerk off. The hope of the DC universe. You're going to go and do that. And you have all that stuff going on, and then all of a sudden, Aquaman wakes up, and he's like, oh, thank God, Mara, your hero. And oh no, I got a hook hand. He's like, why? And they're all yelling. They're laughing at him. Oh, you got that? Aqua Baby's still alive. Aqua Baby. And and now you have Andy who's jealous, right? And then out of nowhere, Black Manor just comes in and kills him. Hey, I just wanted to make things right. (laughs) Goes off. All right. But yeah, at the end, it is cool. And we have the Flash family there with Wally in the front. And it's really cool. I like that you see them all, even little kids between the legs there. Everything's framed off like that. Uh, You know, and you could even go and get some of the other 
you know, flashes around there and stuff like that. So Max looks like he's kind of like, yep, I'm kick ass. Look at him. And then Mr. Trivix, like, can I kind of photobomb this shit? It is funny I'm that they introduced him in his old, like, you know, comic persona before DC picked him up and had to rename him as Max Mercury as Quicksilver. That was a cool call out. Yeah, yeah. Even then, though, that was kind of a, where Jesse goes, man, I know why they call you Quicksilver with that tongue. I'm like, whoa. The silver tongue devil. Holy moly. Uh, Get your mind out the gutter. That's pretty cool by the end. And, and again, I would even <laughs> like, rag. as this ends the scene, you don't see the next where Avery comes skidding in did i miss the picture well i imagine avery will show up because she was at least in wallace's dream world a part of his family yeah so i i expect her to come in and stuff like that i just like mr terrific's holding her spot there he's there which what always when i would first see mr terrific at points when we started the podcast on the site really was i thought he was a juggler and they look at him juggling them balls around and then i realized i was an idiot there and then i remember i call him t-balls all the time that was fun that's fine T-balls, I used to call them. Uh, you like T-ball, right? That was when you actually could hit a ball when it was no, on that you know how hard it is to hit a ball in a freaking tee? It freaking took forever. I'd always hit the tee. Especially you. It is funny that most people... The wor- Here's the deal where when you end up talking about right field being the worst position to ever play in baseball, you know, especially as a kid, you know, catcher in the T-ball or maybe even pitcher. It's ridiculous. You, you two aren't doing anything. There's a tee there. Uh, yes. I remember- and then I graduated up to manager pitch. Yeah, oh my. I remember when I saw a kid playing T-ball and he did hit the tee. The ball fell down. Then he ran to third. I'm like, this kid is not going to do well. That kid's this name kid is Jim Winner. give it up. That kid was me. No way. Told you the story that there was a kid that I grew up with, JR, who I had this weird connection with that my dad ended up working with his dad. So we'd go on these company picnics and this kid was not really popular, you know, and I was kind of a jerk as a kid, like some kids were, but I'd get stuck with him and it's the worst. But I remember he was playing little league. He was terrible. He played right field. He was that classic where the he finally caught a ball. A ball was hit the right field. He caught it. Started celebrating so much that everybody was tagging and scoring and they're yelling at him. So he even did something right at one point and still managed to fail epically. It was the worst. Uh, but what would you give this? Even though I think the entire Mad Max Barry Allen segment with Jesse Quick and Max Mercury is kind of lame and doesn't need to be here at all. It's just giving them something to do that does nothing for the story overall. I could take all that out because the good stuff in this book with Wally and Barry and even Wallace stuff and even with Night Flash and like setting up Knives Mahoney to be a big bad going forward. All of that stuff outweighs how much I dislike that part and how it is a lot of filler in the book. And I love the art throughout because you have three different styles that go with that, it seems like. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 because when it's really good, it's great. And it can really outweigh the bad stuff, even though it's still there. I'm giving it a 7.5. I actually did like it. And again, it's a weird play. But that Max Mercury, Jesse Quick, the Mad Max stuff, it's so not anything that I don't even think about it. I know that that shouldn't be a thing. It should get. And again, I'm only giving it a 7.5 without that and expanding some of the things with Wallace. And, you know, Daniel West and expanding a little explanation of what's happening in that world and how it's falling apart. And uh, even so, I I like the knives and talking to you. I liked it way more thinking of the possibilities, what that'll lead to. But that'll be down the road. But even so, I thought this was pretty good. And by the end, it got me fired up. And it does end up at least showing us and giving us the Flash family that will be kicking some ass. And it also sets up Barry going and saving the justly. We can't put that back either. Because that's going to be part of what says Dark Crisis 4. He's on the case. This is the beginning 
of our heroes now fighting their way back, or at least the Justice League fighting their way back to help out in the fight. I mean, that was the big thing. And it's a big moment. I mean, and I, I agree with you, too, when we were talking where Wally desperately tries to give us the rebirth part due. I could, I needed that moment again. And it would have been nice for him to be like, okay, that, that's I cool. really then, feel like that was a missed opportunity to get those feels again. Yeah, and those were feels. I, I ended up shedding tears, Eric. Uh, but going off, and I do like where I said I wanted Barry to come and rally the troops. What you do here is, though, where Wally almost feels like he's getting positioned back into almost like a Kid Flash deal, even though, you know, he isn't. But he says, we need you. We need you. We need you. And then Barry says, what are you talking about? You're the Flash. Damn right. Go and do your fucking job. Like, and he going was for and do it. long ass and that's time what I like. was dead. But that's the problem. That's why I think it, it really points out. <laughs> I think I, I like the idea, though. It does point out, though, like any sort of it happens in every walk of life. When the guy who was ahead of you comes back, you kind of revert back to the deal. Like he's taking the lead. All right. What are we going to do? Uh, you got to come back. And he's like, no, no, no. You're you're the guy. I'm going to save the justly because, you know, I'm kick ass, but you go and fight the fight. I'll meet you back at the end where I get the justly. That's what it seems like. Well, I'll gather them up and then we'll come back and we'll all win together. But it actually is the first time in this, whether or not we still think that the body of the darkness is way too overpowered. Have anybody been th- the worst part is I was thinking about this because we always talk about this whenever we bring up Dark Crisis seems like the idea that the Justice League was killed and rightfully so because they're going up against their biggest bads as one consecutive army slash body of the great darkness. The biggest bad there is with Pariah in the background acting as the voice. No one has survived this. And then we, we're always talking about this. And then at work this week, I was thinking to myself, not only is it that, but it's also Darkseid in his final form, his ultimate form that nobody's ever seen before to take on. Who killed the quintessence in like one blow? I'm like, nobody is surviving the freaking dark crisis. But at least you kind of think they think they might now. I mean, the idea that Barry's like, I'm going to go get the, the ju- one dark side part killed the entire quintessence. Just imagine where it's like, Barry, I'm going to go get the Just League. And Wally's like, why? They already lost. I mean, what are you doing? This is what's weird too. It's like a lot of times in these crises, uh, you'll end up having this idea or, you know, events or whatever. You'll have an idea of what has weakened the universe. What has it done? Like the idea even where they said when the new 52 came, even that was, well, we have to combine the three universes to get stronger, to fight this big bad that they had plans down the end. This just feels like a, a just a slaughter. It just feels like what we have here. Our problem is we're just not good enough. Like there isn't the idea, oh, we lost hope. Or we need to get together. We need inspiration. This just feels like they got their asses kicked and there is no way they're going to be able to fight back. There's, it just doesn't seem to be I a way. There is and, no uh, way. No. And so that's what's weird. Like, it's not like you could have played that, man, even a meta deal of going with even Rebirth or whatever. Like, we were at our strongest, but then we lost our way a little and people have been disconnected and we don't have the love and the hope or whatever. You don't even have that. It's just like, that team is so overpowered. We have to get everybody and we're still going to get our asses kicked. But this seems like a glimmer of hope, at least. They end up where while the battle is going on, back. while the war is happening. Well, again, yeah, they might need his ass, too. They, they, but it All feels of a sudden, like the idea is things are so bad with the dark crisis and somehow Batman is out of that one bed or in his dream world. He needs that Clark boy. He needs the Clark who has boy. That's the, who what has I was the just Dr. Manhattan powers to freaking fight this great darkness. And it's an awful, awful body and of destruction. And the funny is, the idea of needing a boy to save this. And 
I'm sure they'd yell, that's a boy. That's a super boy there. No, it isn't. That's a clerk. No, it isn't. That's a Dr. Manhattan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's too young for school. Shut your mouth. That's Kid Manhattan. (laughs) Kid Manhattan. Oh, my God, man. Go wrong with a a Mixel Plick Jr. Is it just Kid Hatton then? Hey, no. Kid Hatton, get you your ass over. You know what? That is funny with Manhattan, Kid uh, Hatton. Get the Kid Hatton over Boy here. Hatton. Hell about. It's reminds <laughs> Boy Hatton. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. But with all of that, yeah, I, I just, there's a glimmer of hope. That That's what I like about this. The glimmer of hope is there. At least maybe it's a little bit like, it's not going to work out, but at least you have Barry going and doing something that's going to set that. You have these things going on, so I I liked it. I, I liked it enough. Your ass better go and get a wishing machine, is all I'm saying. Well, there you go. That I'm, I'll be furious, but it's the only way you are surviving this. I really don't see any sort of cracks in any armor of how they're going to beat this. The only thing that you can get is if Prometheus is powerful enough to maybe say, okay, enough of this. He claimed that the darkness was not corrupting them as much as the darkness thought there seemed to be a glimmer there maybe we can get prometheus to go but i still don't think that can change things it's just no it's so overpowered it's like you really came heavy with that team to wow people now you you done messed up Uh-oh. it's like yeah what are you gonna do now i mean holy moly all of our heroes to defeat one of these people before i i know the only, I, I guess our big hope was with the big dog. <laughs> he claims that he scared him with his lightning and got the hell out. But in that, that is the end of the Thank God It's Friday deal. I hope everybody had as much fun as we did talking about these books. One of the things, though, is we also have a big podcast that comes out every Sunday night. If you go in and get involved in the Patreon, you have early access on Saturday. But we have some bangers uh, this week. And this weekend, at least on this next podcast, I don't know what I'm saying, Eric. We have Batman Superman, World's Finest, number six, the book everybody's talking about down at the rec center. I don't know if you knew that, Eric. We have Batman the Night, number eight, which there was a bit of controversy that didn't seem to hit as much as I was told it was going to. And I ended up telling Eric I thought the controversy was something completely different. We'll talk about that on the show. I don't think there's any controversy. Now, there is. There's people still talking about it. There's a bit of an argument about that issue and whatnot, but most people, and I... I There was a couple issues ago, too. I don't think there's as much, but it seems like a lot of people are going that this was confirmed in this one. But we also have Black Adam number three, a book that I think is getting lost in the shuffle, even though the movie's kind of getting some hype or whatnot. But I just think the story... Look, the story that it's giving out right now, it deserves to be lost I know, in the shuffle. But we, we like shovel, the second shuffle. issue more. Uh, so hopefully... Yeah, I, I did yeah. like the second issue more, yeah. didn't I? Yeah, here we go, Eric. Just giving a little hints. Catwoman number 46, back to a little bit of the, you know, underworld bosses type thing that we wanted more in the teeny hour Catwoman deal after that unfortunate crossover, or at least, you know, guest Just star of like Harley. Just Batman backup. Just do that, Catwoman. That is so good. I ended up telling somebody today how much I liked that one. Uh, we also have... Uh, we already did that. We did Harley that. Quinn I'm going through this. Harley Quinn number 20, which they're in space, Eric. We'll see. We'll see. Task Force XX. It's a weekly book. Uh, the reviews aren't that great. And that's kind of, uh, you know, it's not well, a they surprise because I've it was read a weekly it. Book. It's a Nightwing number 95. People really like that issue. So we'll have that as well. So those are some bangers on the show. A lot of Batman-centric or Batman family books. But isn't oh. that what we get from DC? All the time, so that's cool. But we'll end up talking about all those. Might have some mail, maybe a little jokes, Eric. Some of them good, maybe yours, mine aren't, but I got a million of them. But with all of that, please go over to the Twitter at Weird Science DC. 
then go over to our website, wordsciencedccomics.com to see reviews of books that came out that week from DC. And then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. All these links will be in the show notes in our campsite bio. And one of the big things that we often talk about and push for the Patreon is our badass picks of the week spotlight podcast, Eric. And that is what we talked Batman One Bad Day, The Riddler, number one, a book that is very dis- divisive. I must have said decisive, divisive, and, uh, you know, the people who liked it and didn't like it. And DC versus Vampires All Out War. Number two, where we find out why lead was actually allowed on the team. There was only one reason, <laughs> and we find out <laughs> lead. Uh, but with all of that, that is it. So hopefully, everybody, you enjoyed listening. If you did, Go and rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to it. That helps us out as well. But, Eric, we're done. That is it. What do we say at the end? In a world full of chimps, always make sure you go ape. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.